Thank you all for joining us for uh, our Wednesday night midweek Bible study. And if you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 6. We're going to go through the Lord's Prayer. We've been looking at the Lord's Prayer for the last two weeks. We're going to continue until we get to the end. We're going to take each petition, each segment of the prayer individually, because I think it helps us in our journey of prayer as we look at each one of these uh, elements individually. Imagine what it was like for a first century Jewish person uh, sitting in Palestine under Roman rule. That wasn't the only rule that had been over them. They had been ruled by Greece and uh, Babylon and uh, the Persians. Uh, They had been in an occupied situation for centuries now. Uh, Rome was the latest uh, uh, superpower that uh, dominated them, and as they're sitting there under Roman rule, they reflected, they reflected on the uh, days past, uh, the days of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, the days of Moses leading the children of Israel out of bondage in Egypt. They imagined again uh, the raising up of their uh, preeminent king, David, and then his son Solomon. Uh, They were thinking of those great days in which Israel was uh, a a powerhouse itself, and and they longed for that day to return. Now, they knew that that day would only return when God sent His Messiah to come. And the Messiah, as they envisioned that Messiah, the Messiah would be the earthly king, uh, the special agent from God who would set up God's kingdom on the earth. Uh, Their vision of the Messiah was an earthly, earthbound rule. And in some ways, they weren't wrong, but they missed a step. As Jesus sat with his disciples on a hillside and began to teach them in Matthew chapters 5, 6, and 7, the Sermon on the Mount, uh, Jesus was teaching his disciples, and he said, When you pray, pray in this way, Our Father who art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. Tonight, I want us to think about the coming of God's kingdom. And and that kingdom is inaugurated with the king. And it spoke especially to that first century Jewish mindset. There was a phrase that the first century followers of Christ would use, Maranatha, and it meant Lord come. And, And it was that that statement of faith and that statement of longing that is reflected in this petition of the Lord's Prayer, Thy kingdom come. It is that desire for God's kingdom to overwhelm all the brokenness uh, of the crazy world in which they lived. It was the inbreaking of God's power and rule, and in many ways that inbreaking of God's kingdom was realized initially, inaugurated by the coming of Jesus Christ, the Messiah. And as we look upon this prayer, imagine uh, the warmth in the heart of uh, the disciples and the followers of Christ as they looked upon their Messiah and they said, uh, thy kingdom come. It's here. It's here and now. Um, But it was just inaugurated uh, through Christ. And We know that Christ uh, and God's plan was 
different than what uh, the first century Jewish mind was thinking of. The, the plan of God was to extend his kingdom to the heart of every person, Jewish and Gentile alike. And for that to happen, Jesus had to go to a cross to die for sinners. The inauguration of God's kingdom uh, began with the birth of Christ, the Messiah, God himself become flesh and bone and dwelling among us. It was inaugurated through the death of Christ on a cross, dying for the sin of of human beings like you and me, uh, and then being raised from the dead three days later to inaugurate a a hope uh, that became uh, 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 intricately woven into the fabric of our lives. But it is, again, looking forward to that day when Jesus will come in his power and his glory, where God's kingdom no longer inaugurated, but now fully realized. It is that that coming of God's kingdom for which we pray today. In the first century mind, they were longing for an escape from the oppressive uh, situation in which they lived. They were longing for an escape from the apparent corruption of culture in which they lived. They they were longing for intimacy of God's presence in their lives and the justice and righteousness which His rule would certainly bring. And the same thing is true for us today. We live in a crazy world. And so when we pray, Thy kingdom come, we're praying for God to set right uh, what is broken. That, That is the prayer. Oh God... Uh, your kingdom come, we pray for God to set everything right. Uh, That's the coming of God's kingdom. It's taking what is broken and making it whole. We live in a crazy world, and so when we look at our world, we recognize that it's broken innately and, and personally. We understand the brokenness of the world in which we live, violence and wars, tsunamis and tornadoes, viruses. Uh, These are pictures, images of a world that is broken. Broken from Genesis 3 onward. Broken by sin. um, Broken by corruption. And yet, when we pray, God, uh, your kingdom come, we're praying for God to bring his kingdom to bear upon this world, this earth. Your kingdom come as uh, on earth as it is in heaven. It is this Prayer for God to take all the broken pieces of this world and make it right, to restore it to God's original purpose that we find in Genesis 1 and 2 when he looked upon creation and upon uh, humanity and said, it is good. It is to restore uh, heaven and earth into a unified whole so that God's rule on earth is supreme uh, among every tongue, tribe, and nation. And that coming of God's kingdom is what we pray for. We pray for that which is broken to be made whole. And it's not just us who are praying. If you look in Romans chapter 8, you hear all creation is groaning uh, for that that future hope where God would restore his purpose uh, on this earth. That is our prayer. We have to look in Revelation chapter 21 to see what that Uh, restored uh, kingdom is going to look like. It's not a a political statement. It is uh, a 
a reformation, a revolution, a restoration of all things holy and right and just and pure. Uh, it is uh, this kingdom of God uh, that we pray for in this world. So we pray for God to set everything right in this crazy world. Uh, it, it is in Revelation 21 where we see what his kingdom does. When, when he comes again, when Christ returns in, in power and glory and sets all things right, um, sin will be obliterated. Uh, the devil will be judged and cast into the depths of hell, never to return. Um, violence will cease. Wars will end. Um, we, we see that tornadoes will no longer be. Uh, tsunamis will no longer happen. Viruses are gone forever. Now, when God's kingdom come, uh, comes in all of its fullness, everything has been set right. You hear uh, the, the, the imagery of that new heaven and new earth, that, that God's kingdom coming. It, it means that, that, that we have freedom from the imperfections of nature. We have freedom from uh, toilsome labors of life. We have freedom from the corruption of sin. We have freedom from the reach of temptation. We have freedom from all sorrows, freedom from all anxious cares, freedom from all doubts, freedom from the company of wickedness, freedom from dissatisfaction, freedom even from the torments of hell when God's kingdom comes. We hear in Revelation 21, He will wipe away every tear from every eye and there will be no more mourning, no more sorrow. Uh, for the former things have passed away, all things become new. God's kingdom has come. Uh, love reigns, righteousness rules, His justice is supreme, sin is no more. Uh, that is what we pray for. Oh God, your kingdom come. Will you set everything right, including me, including me and my world and my emotional and, and physical and mental um, corruption and, and, and uh, uh, toxicity and diseased way of thinking and even living, and God, will your kingdom come in my life? You know, when we pray your kingdom come, we're praying for God uh, to set everything right, take all the broken pieces of this world and, and make it whole. Um, that's what Jesus inaugurated uh, with his birth and his death and his resurrection, but it is what will fully be realized uh, when Christ returns. Oh God, your kingdom come. Are you praying for God's kingdom to come? Do you have that longing and that yearning in your heart that a first century Jewish person would have, oh God, your kingdom come. God, I'm, I, 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 I'm, I'm tired and I'm weary, but more than that, I long for your holiness uh, to be revealed, for your righteousness uh, to be the rule. Oh God, will you come? Your kingdom come is a prayer. We pray for God to set everything right. Not only do we pray for God to set everything right, but also in prayer, when we pray, your kingdom come, we are praying uh, our submission to God's plan. In prayer, we submit to God's plan. Uh, 
as Jesus inaugurated the reign of God, we know that the plan was not what the first century Jewish mind was thinking of. It, it, it wasn't the plan that they thought was going to be. They didn't imagine that Christ's Messiah would die upon a cross. Um, sometimes God works in ways, His kingdom, uh, His purpose, His plan, works in ways that we don't understand. Uh, we, we suffer through the indignities of life and the loss in life, losing loved ones to death and sickness and, and disease. You know, we, we suffer through the pain of life and the sorrows of life. Uh, we stumble through in our own failures in life, and we wonder, oh God, is this the way it's supposed to be? Well, God has a plan. He has a perfect plan, and that's what his kingdom is all about. It's bringing to pass his plan, and that plan includes a redemptive purpose. There are still people around us who are lost and dying and going to hell. And so his kingdom has not come in all of its fullness yet to give room for even one more sinner to come to faith in Christ and experience the fullness of life found in heaven's embrace. Now, we still stumble and fall and falter through the, uh, the, the difficulties of life, uh, the pains of life. Uh, we don't know if snow's going to uh, happen uh, tomorrow uh, or the next day. That snow may come at the end of this weekend. It may be a deluge of snow and create all kinds of, of, of uh, uh, difficulty and obstacles for us. But even if the snow comes, we say, oh, Lord, we submit to your plan. That is part of God's plan for us to move forward to accomplish his purposes. When we pray, oh, God, your kingdom come, it is an active declaration for us. God, I submit, I yield to your perfect plan. If you remember, we talked about our Father in heaven. We talked about how God is Father, yes, but He is Father in heaven. That means that He is perfect in holiness, perfect in His relationship with us. He is perfect in every way. Uh, he is morally pure. He is uh, relationally perfect. So we know that whatever God does, He is doing it right. It's hard for us to embrace that sometimes. Uh, I remember... As a young boy, uh, my dad would say, here's what I want you to do. And I didn't see the logic in it. He said, this is how I want you to behave. And I didn't, I didn't understand the, uh, the, the plan of it. Um, but I trusted God sufficient, uh, trusted my dad sufficiently that I submitted to his plan. Uh, today, as we look to our Heavenly Father who is perfect in every way, when He says, this is my plan, and this is the journey that you have to go through, and this is the path that you have to walk, and, and, and this is the way the kingdom is going to be established on the earth, and this is your part on that journey, oh, we submit to that plan. Submitting to God's plan in the prayer, your kingdom come, is also an active declaration of submission. It is a, a submission that as long as the kingdom is not fully realized, there's something for me to do here and now. 
you realize that you are where you are because of God's plan, and you are in relationships that you're in because of God's plan, and that you work where you work because of God's plan. You go to school where you go to school because of God's plan, and God's plan is perfect, and it's right, and it's true. And he longs for you to be where you are, planted where you are, so that you might accomplish his will. We're going to look at that next week, but so that you might accomplish his will. His kingdom come means that we submit to his plan, submit to his purpose, submit, submit to his perfection, and do what he would have us do. As long as his kingdom is not fully realized, it means that we've got work to do as a church, as a family of faith. Um, there are people who are separated from God, who if God's kingdom were inaugurated in all of its fullness right now, if Jesus were to return in all of his glory, if that were to happen today, there are people that we know, people around us, people on the streets in the seven cities of Hampton Roads who are far from God, and they would enter into eternity spending forever in hell. But that kingdom is coming it's not here yet, so we still have work to do. We still have that person, that one that God has planted on our heart to share the gospel with and hopefully lead them to a point where they can come to faith in Jesus Christ and experience the new life and the new hope that Jesus alone can provide. And kingdom come means that we work today in submission to God. We give ourselves to God's plan fully and completely until Christ's return. We give ourselves to God's interest completely until Christ's return. We ask for God to establish his kingdom here and now and forever. Yes, we work for God to do that glorious work that only he can do from now until Christ returns. Oh God, your kingdom come here and forever. Today, I want to encourage you and challenge you uh, to Look upon this wondrous gift of time that God has given us. I know that the days are difficult, and God were uh, to uh, inaugurate fully or uh, consummate fully his kingdom today, I would be thrilled. I would be thrilled. Uh, but if he doesn't, I'm still going to be thrilled because I'm walking with him. I, I want us to consider what it is that God is calling us to be and to do. See, one thing about God's kingdom coming is that he is the king. And God is the king. Psalm chapter 47, 7 and 8 says that God is the king of all the earth. Sing praises with understanding. God reigns over all the nations. God sits on his holy throne. God is king today and forever. Um, not everybody realizes it. Not everybody recognizes it, but you and I do if we're followers of Jesus. He is our king. And as our king, we trust him. We depend upon him. Uh, we cling to him. Uh, we walk and live for him. His interests become our interests. His desire becomes our desire. His design becomes our roadmap. And God is our king, so we submit to him. But he's not just our king. He is our glorious king. Who is the king of glory? The psalmist asks. The Lord of hosts. He is the king of glory. He is the glorious king. The, the king who knows all and does all perfectly. He is the king uh, who is glorious in nature, glorious in might, glorious in perfection, glorious in holiness. He is glorious. So it is our privilege 
to serve him and to honor him with our lives. And today, I want to encourage you to pray your kingdom come. And in praying your kingdom come, we pray, oh God, will you set everything right? The broken pieces in our relationships, the broken pieces in our world, the broken pieces in our culture, Oh God, will you set everything right? Will we join? I invite you to join creation in groaning for that great restorative work that God will bring when his kingdom is consummated on earth as it is in heaven. We pray for God to set everything right. And in prayer, we submit ourselves to God's perfect plan. He is the king, we are his servants. So let's serve him faithfully. Let's serve him passionately and purposefully. Let's give all that we are to him, our glorious king. And the good news is that God is the king. God is the glorious king. He is also God, our good king. And as the good king, he will care for us and he will protect us and he will guard us. He brings us into his care and he takes ownership for us, and he rules over us with goodness and greatness. You know, we are uh, living in the grip of his goodness because we are dwelling in his grace. So let's serve our king and let's come to him in prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come. Now, may. Uh, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly, infinitely above and beyond all that we ask or imagine, to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to every generation forever and ever. Amen. God bless you.